Welcome to episode 63 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris, and I'm here with Kate and Kristen, as always, and we are continuing our discussion of uh, Aftermath. I almost said Bloodline. We're not reading Bloodline. We haven't read Bloodline in well over a year. <laughs> We're continuing our discussion of Aftermath, Life Debt by Chuck Wendig, which is most certainly not Bloodline oh by God. Claudia Gray. Uh, we read chapters 9 through 20 for this episode. Um, but before we start, as always, what are we drinking? Leia's in both books, though. That'd be I, true. Uh, no, that's literally, be, that's what made me think of it. Chris, are you, like, drunk even though you're not even drinking? Yes. Okay, great. Awesome. Cool. Well, it is Thursday, and that's almost, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. All, all days are rough. I, yeah, uh, no. things Days are rough all over, yes. Black cherry white claw. <laughs> hard seltzer <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that sounds good it is <laughs> <laughs> um, it tastes I'm... like a popsicle almost oh that sounds great i want that in my life um i am right now uh drinking the last of the bells um over an ale that uh miranda brought when she came to hang slash pick up most wanted <laughs> yay yay <laughs> Are you drinking tea or water or nothing? I'm drinking Trader Joe's sparkling water as usual. It's I'm not I can't switch it up with the flavors because they only have like the one near us only has like three flavors of sparkling water and it's like plain lime or raspberry lime and so obviously I go with raspberry lime. <laughs> plain because I'm not a savage. I, I like all of those flavors. Don't at me. Um, plain. Oh, plain. Yeah, plain Sorry. seltzer. Uh. <laughs> Should we talk about book? Yeah, that was like the shortest intro ever. Oh my god, Feel what's like... wrong with us? It's been a long it's week. It's Thursday, it's fine. What? Why did we spend 10 minutes talking about absolute bullshit? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have no bullshit left book. in me. It's so good. <laughs> it, this book is so good. I'm emotionally There's so many things that happened. I know. So let's, okay, I, I, guess, I guess we can talk about the many things that happened. Instead of bullshit. Chris, you're, you're always talking about bullshit. I mean... Everything we talk about is bullshit. Ah. <laughs> Except bullshit, which is power. Oh my. What the fuck are you talking about? It was. Uh, never mind. It's a Janelle Monet reference. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I should know that. <laughs> watch Dirty Computer, everybody. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then watch it again. Yes. That is. Yeah, accurate. I haven't watched it. Oh my. Kristen. I've listened to it. Okay, that's good. That's a start. Yeah, that it's it's a great album. Chris being like, "Oh my god, Kristen!" Like he knew who Janelle Monae was for like even a little bit before <laughs> Dirty Computer came out. I knew who she was before Dirty Computer. I said what I said. <laughs> Vagina pants. <laughs> Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes! No, no, no. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Subtle Why though it was, was, Kristen. <laughs> Subtle though it was. All right. I think. All I right. Don't know neither. <laughs> oh my god. You didn't respond. Who doesn't respond to vagina pants? You know, we really are the problem here. You're exactly right. <laughs> They're so cool. <laughs> Why would I respond to vagina pants when I say, like, weirder shit every other five seconds of that, every day? That's true. That's true. Um, okay, was that enough bullshit? Can we get to the book yeah. now? <laughs> I, I was about to say, I, I think we've reached the uh, the uh, the uh, bullshit um, quotient for today. Anyways, so... Perfect. Um, so to talk about somebody who is made up of 0% bullshit, Ray Sloan. <laughs> she does not give a fuck. <laughs> also really wants to know what Rax is up to. She gives, she gives, I mean, she gives a fuck. She just gives a fuck in so much as like, she needs to like get rid of Rax. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm also wondering what his plan is. Although we find out like. The crux of his plan here, right? Basically, I mean, his plan is to basically um, be if Palpatine and Thrawn's brains had a baby and just be the new puppet master. Well, yeah, and he wants to blow up the the capital world. Well, yeah. 
that allegedly i mean is it really star wars and evil guys if you're not planning to blow up a planet or several so true <laughs> um i thought this might be a good point in the book to talk a little bit about um ray sloan and being a powerful lady in the empire because we've talked a lot about how um the empire is really human supremacist they don't love non-human beings we've never really gotten the sense thus far um in terms of books we've read so far on the pod um that you know they that the empire takes um race into consideration when they're talking about prejudice or so far gender until we've gotten here where um, there's that bit in the first section we read where um, Sloane's thinking about how she, you know, about this kind of other future she could have had where she could have had a family and she could have had kids and she, she thinks of a day as a daughter and that sort of thing. Um, but she, she decided not to take that route because she was like, you know, like the other um, admirals need more ammunition against me to, you know, just lord it over me and say i shouldn't shouldn't get promotions and shit like that and so it's the first inkling we get that it might be harder for women in the empire than it would be for men yes definitely and we also don't see a ton of we obviously don't see a ton of leadership in the original trilogy that are women within the empire nope ah the 70s uh god now i'm just (laughs) thinking of alexandra petri's uh like uh, letter to rebel management that she wrote like <laughs> after right after rogue one <laughs> oh it's God. so good oh, oh, excuse me. it's so you should you should all look it up i'll we'll see if we can link it but it's basically like um guys i like went out to lunch where did all the women and people of color go oh my god amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's real. it's it's really funny that's hysterical that's amazing um, but no, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. I, I think, and, you know, you're talking about kind of that trouble of getting respect. I mean, she talks, or not talks, thinks about in that Shadow Council meeting about how nobody fears her. Right, like she's, she's like, sitting. What the fuck, I'm the, most, I'm the most powerful person in this room and y'all are all <laughs> ignoring me. Exactly, like she's literally sitting at the head of the table. She is in the dad chair and no one is paying attention to her. I could kill you. With my thumb. She literally could. Race love. <laughs> so real, Direct though. Direct quote. Yes. Because it's true. Especially, uh, Fat Hucks. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, all of us could kill Hux. Fat Hucks. He's the worst. Oh my god! I didn't even hear what Chris said. I mean, we could all kill Fat Hucks. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just really like how he loves to eat. No fat shaming Hucks, though. I'm shaming him because he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just love, like, I hope at some point we do see Brendel Hux on screen, and if it's anybody but Brendan Gleeson, we riot. Accurate as hell. Yep. Because it would be so perfect on so many levels, not least of which is the fact that he is perfect casting for Brendel Hux. Literally, yes. It would be pretty good. I feel like Domino and Brendan would like that, too. I feel like they would Aww. have so much fun with that dynamic. Aww. They totally would. Um, That'd be so cute. Yes. I have a stupid question. Um, Not a stupid besides, question, but... <laughs> besides Hux, who have we seen in the Shadow Council before this? Uh, there's the obsequious propaganda guy who was in, earlier in the book. Yes. Earlier in the book. Yeah, I got that guy. What and there is... Other people. We have not seen significantly, but Grand Moff Rand is Grand Moff at the end of Lost Stars during the Battle oh. of Jakku. Mm. Okay. Thank you. This is the type of information I come to you for. So it's it. There's there's no plot implications there, other than he's Grand Moff now, and he's Grand Moff at during the Battle of Jakku, so we know he doesn't die in the next rest of this book. Well, damn. But hey, those are implications. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No one is safe except Grand Moff Rand. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Wedge is probably okay, Chris. I feel like Wedge is probably, I feel like Snap's probably safe. Yes, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Snap's, Snap's going to be in episode nine. Uh. Yo, did you see that Greg Grunberg's been tweeting at Charles Soule being like, yo, I fucking love the Poe Dameron comic? Yes. It's, it's so fun. It's That's cute. baller. I it's love that. It's very pure. Um, 
But yeah, getting back to the point. Um, yeah. <laughs> we saved all our bullshit for this actual discussion. I know, right? Um, just to pile on uh, people who don't respect race alone because they're all fucking assholes. Um, Rax, like, definitely acknowledges that she is smart and she is powerful. And, you know, she's a good strong figurehead for the empire but he doesn't actually respect her because he's using her as a tool so that he can just again be behind the scenes pulling all these fucking strings which is rude and also i was like was i the only one well chris i was chris chris has read this book before but i was like fucking wanted to like scream in a bag because <laughs> at that bit where we find out that a day is actually like in league with rax and is just like fucking him and i was like Ugh. <laughs> I wanted to, like, scream in the bag and then throw up in it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is... First of all, that's rude. <laughs> Second of all, that's gross. It's so gross. <laughs> like, I don't know what one... the age difference is, but it's gross. Uh, like, I mean, Adea's the only one who respects Sloan, but does she really, if she's, like, going behind her back? Like, it's just, it's rude all around. It's very rude. And I'm like, I... This is a sidebar, but, like, I've... I've, I've been talking to Chris about this, even though he doesn't care, but, like, I, 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 like, have, like, a soft spot for, like, older men, younger women's ships, but this just makes me want to throw up because, he, like, Rax is not a person. Like, he is a fucking, like, brain squid thing in, inside of a meatbag human suit. Yep. Brain he's... squid thing. Mm. Mm. The weird thing, I guess it's something about how he's written that we all assume he's old. He's not old. Isn't he in his 40s? How do you know this, Chris? Be- no, because he was a child 20 years ago in his flashback. So 30 in the prologue, Hashtag the child. Mm. So 30 years ago? The prologue says 30 years ago. Sloan says he shows up in Imperial Record 20 years ago. Okay. So it kind of... So, so yeah, 30s. he's in his 40s. Oh. 30s, 40s. Great. <laughs> I envisioned him a lot older when I first read this book. No, I know... Before I did the math. Uh, the math I'm assuming is that he's around 42, and I'm assuming a day is like, what, like 23 or so? Oh, I had her older than that. Really? Because it sounds like she's been Sloane's aide for a while, and you don't get to be Grand Admiral's aide that early. Everybody's dead, Chris. I mean, that's a fair point. <laughs> Everybody's dead. And Super I'm still... dead. <laughs> Everybody's dead, and also, like, I'm just thinking about Eli and Thrawn. Eli was, like, two years old when he became Thrawn's aide, I mean, so. Yeah, there's only one Thrawn, though. Okay, whatever. There's only one Eli. So true. Aww. Eli, where are you? Um, Purgles. Uh, no, it's Ezra. I know. Still They're Purgles? together now. You didn't know that? Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, They're both the was, same Jew. He was, oh, my God. Uh, Gallius Rex was born in 42 BBY. Okay, so he's 46 now. So we ain't crazy. No, and we're now not. I'm gonna, now I'm going to look up how old... The other, what's her name? <laughs> a day or right aid. A day, right aid. Yes, a day oh, yeah. or right. We did talk about this. By the way, I was talking to uh, Pod Mom Nancy Schwartz, and she uh, is pronouncing a day differently from everybody on the pod. She was reading it as a dia. So yeah, I, I went back and forth between that. But so Chris, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't care. It's still right aid in my head. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Chuck still won't answer us because that was a stupid because, question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it doesn't tell us how old she is. That's really fucking rude. Oh, darn. I mean, that makes sense because this is the only series where she shows up. I like her, though. I, wish I like her, too, but... It's like, her and Greer are, like, such great counterparts, honestly. Um, I know, right? Speaking of counterparts, I have a point. No, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have to just, like, scream in a bag a little bit more about how I hate every single ship in this book that has prevent- been presented so far, except except for, like, the gay one. <laughs> like, St. Jean Condor is the only good thing in the world, and I need well, Condor to come back, <laughs> yes. please. Cause and Saint- and that's, like, an established relationship. It's not, you're not even seeing, like, the ship play out. <laughs> it's just, like, established. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're just together. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't see how they meet or anything. We didn't see no, we didn't see how they meet or but. like how they. Yeah, got I don't. Together. I mean, we're we're not getting like his. It's not like part of the story to get his like thoughts and feelings about this dude that he's dating, right? Whereas we're getting oh, yes. way too much information about every other ship <laughs> in this book that's making me want to set myself on fire. 
I really, I really do. I don't. There are two aspects of this book that I really don't enjoy, and one of them is the sh- the ships, as we're talking about, and we're gonna get into the other one at some point. Um, um at, during the wrap up, can we rank worst ships in this book? Absolutely. Oh fuck yes! Great. What a great idea. Like, like. Yeah, we need to finish this book before we rank for the ships. Future episodes. Trust, trust me, we need to finish this book before we rank the ships. That's all I'll say. I like Chuck. I love you, but I'm not. I'm just. I'm not about so many things. I will probably go on a long rant about this later. Um in a later episode about this book, but uh, I do appreciate that, though, that, um, be, like, because we don't see the very beginning of Singer and Condor's relationship, like, it feels more like it's normal, you know? Like, it's just like, here it is. It just Thank is. You. That's kind of what I meant. Yay! Yeah, 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 that yeah. much more succinctly and eloquently than I did. I also just love that scene in the bar where, like, Singer, like, is not okay with PDA and... It, like some dude's glaring at him he's like see this person is not okay with our lifestyle we should leave and the dude's like you're an imperial and he's like god you can't even be an asshole right come on man <laughs> i love it so I it love, was so funny i love Singer so much but yeah no i just i just love how chuck is really um normalizing queer relationships and he does that um like he's been doing that a lot in the background right um but i'm glad we have this in the foreground um it's just fucking awesome besides the fact that like part of the i I think that like not actually part of the reason but like part of the reason he did this is because like singer was like of course in the first book briefly mentioned as being queer and um a bunch of like fuck boys complained about it so he was like guess what guys i'm gonna make it gayer which is honestly the answer to everything in life so make your mouth open yes i I was gonna say that (laughs) next point this is a uh, running joke go back and listen to every episode <laughs> um uh, all right so i have a point before we move on wow really i have a point about race loan okay so i'll allow it because it's about race loan well it's partially about race loan oh god why what so race loan just, just stop talking about your point and talk about your point he can't he's white <laughs> race loan is not getting the respect she's due and is being used as a tool by the people running the empire. How is that different from Leia's situation right now? Ooh. Oh, shit! Yeah. I mean, we do see in that in this part how Leia was not even invited to the fucking meeting where they're fighting about disarmament slash armament. <laughs> Yeah, Mon Mothma. What's the opposite of what is the opposite of disarmament? Arm arming. 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 More. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting. Pew pew. Disarmament <laughs> versus pew pew. Uh yeah, but Mon Mothma does not come off well in this book. No, she really doesn't. Dang. I, I was so irritated with her, and I'm like, I don't wanna be irritated with Mon Mothma. She's very imperfect. Yeah. Which is not a side of her that we've ever seen before. Which is, like, great for a characterization, but also I definitely just, like, kind of want to punch her in the face. Oh, absolutely. And, like, like, like we we ask for complex characters. We are given a complex character in Mon Mothma. Like, we're given a complex side to Mon Mothma. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy with the characterization, generally speaking. I just also want to punch her in the yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I mean, we literally have Akbar beating us over the head with it. Like, she is more than a figurehead. She She is a valued voice with a smart political mind, and I appreciate her opinion. I don't know. Her brain doesn't work no more because she's pregnant. It's true. <laughs> Baby brain. Yeah. Duh. I mean, I love the part where she's like, post-breakfast hunger. <laughs> like, true. <laughs> <laughs> I had that also, but it's not from being pregnant. It's just from loving food. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. But anyway, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring that up. I do, I do think that Sloane has it worse because of being in the old boys club of the empire plus everyone's trying to kill her probably yes i'm i'm and i each feel other. Re- and each other. Yes. i feel reasonably confident that mon mothma is not actually trying to murder like <laughs> i feel i feel okay about that mm-hmm. but like we do see this and and i feel like it's part of the wind down of a war like you have the heroes who won it and then they don't take over. Like, the heroes The heroes never govern. Like, you know, you don't have... I 
Han resigned his commission. Luke is fuck knows where right now. I like how it's just like, nobody knows where Luke is. He's just fucked off one day. Yeah. He sure did. Yeah. Gee, where have I heard that before? <laughs> Not Luke. Never done that. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, you never, you never get the people who fight the wars leading afterward. For very different reasons, Anakin never got to lead. Like, like you, it's, it's just an interesting, like, way to see that even the winning side is having these issues and their most recognizable leader is being sidelined. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Anakin's head looked like a toaster, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That's the title. That's the title. I need, okay, I'm sorry. Do, I need I need we, clarification. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I need do clarification. Do we get more? Okay. Do we get more Adaya though? And why she's sleeping with Rax and whether or not she hates herself for it? Uh, I think a bit. I need. I, no, I'm sorry. We need to go back to that. Keeks, are you referring to? Are you are you referring Darth Vader's to helmet? Helmet on or helmet off? Toaster. <laughs> helmet on. Okay. For a second there, I was imagining Hayden Christensen with his uh, crazy revenge of the Sith wig, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of rectangular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't necessarily look like a toaster. It just, like, gives me toaster vibes, but... I'm pretty sure they make a to- an actual toaster that's just Darth Vader's oh, head. Oh, they do. The Instagram, um, next, the Instagram next Wednesday is just going to be a headshot <laughs> of Darth Vader with hashtag toaster vibes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait. Going going back to Chris's question. Wait, we're we we're are we getting more Adaya and what the, what what is what this fuck shit is or? Um. Yes, but she is never a major character, which is bad. <laughs> no, I'm no. Yeah, they really like Chuck. You build her up, and I want more. I know, like it's like it's this is not necessarily the right story for Adaya to be all over it, but like I want more Adaya, please. Thank you. <laughs> like she plays, she certainly plays a role, but I don't oh, think yeah. we, I don't think it rises to the point where we like get a chapter from her. You I was going to say like, she's not a point of view character, which makes sense, but I'm just, anyway, I just. She's no, she'll character. have, she'll have a major role. Cool. Um, so we're already talking about this a little bit. Um, the strengths and weaknesses of the Empire and the New Republic. One of the weaknesses being, <laughs> let's just use people as nice faces to stick on posters and shit, I guess. I don't know. Um, but one of the, the, the points that I found interesting, I think it's, um, Sloan actually who says this, but, um, she's saying that the reason why the rebellion won is, um, because the empire was not as flexible and they didn't, they weren't as creative. Um, you know, you had the rebels like basically kind of doing whatever they wanted and going against orders and stuff. And that's basically how they took down all the death stars and all this other stuff. But um, she also makes the point that the New Republic is severely lacking in order, which we see very clearly in this book. Um, especially, I really like the bit where Nora also resigns her commission, and she's like, wait, am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Oh, right, because I'm a rebel. Um, she rebels. She sure does. I'm still mad they cut that bit, but whatever, from Rogue One. Um, anyway, let us, let us discuss the this this problem because like the, the things that were w- definitely one strengths for both of them have turned into very very bad weaknesses oh absolutely i mean and it's and it's funny because it's kind of turned into a strength for the empire now because now the empire has this lack of predictability like the way the empire well empire lost for a lot of reasons but one of the ways the empire lost is because they were so predictable like the rebels knew where to hit them and how to get out fast. And I mean, it was very... I mean, for God's sake, they built a whole second Death Star. Like, why did you do this? <laughs> I know, right? And, like, Luke, you know, f- for all the moral fiber it took, he played the Emperor like a fiddle. And, and played his, and played Darth Vader like a fiddle. And, like, knew exactly what was going to happen. And it was just all very... Everybody could see how it was going to play out at all times. And now the Empire has more flexibility because nobody knows what to expect from them. It's kind of like classic 
guerrilla warfare on the rebels part and now the empire is playing that role and it's like an interesting reversal mm-hmm. yeah who says we're the rebels now or whatever the fuck i think sloan does you know it's not mm, it's somebody at the dinner it might be rax i don't know it's somebody at the dinner who's oh you know who it is it's the fucking propaganda guy oh yes oh. yes yes, yeah. yes. thanks Farrick. you're welcome Farrick abdur which is it's a good name. It's a great name for someone so fucking annoying. <laughs> Him and Slussum yeah, Kanker really annoying. have great names. I know. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it's, you really do see it. And I think, you know, it's, and it's spelled out in that chapter with Leia and Mon Mothma in that meeting. Like, the Empire came together very quickly because it already had all the resources in place and it needed to take control. It is fucking hard to build a government from nothing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, is it Leia who is saying that her... Mm, maybe it was Sloan. I don't remember now. I read this bit real, real fast. Because um, it was... Because there were so many things happening. Um, but one of them says that, you know, Palpatine basically had a structure in place. He just took it over. There is no structure right now. I think now. they both said that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think that's, like, one of the common themes woven through this section. Mm-hmm. It's a very thematic section for how much, like, plotty stuff happened. Right? I thought it, it was, like, very well, like, woven in and written in, in that way. Absolutely. Um, I'm like, shit, I, like, a lot of different stuff happened, but, like, I have, like, a real feeling of, you know, coming away from this section about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and it's. A testament to the writing, really. Like, I think, um, and if you want to hear more talk about um, Chuck Wendig and his particular um, writing philosophy, definitely listen to the first uh, batch of episodes we did on the first Aftermath book, because I talk a lot about that because I'm a big uh, reader of Chuck Wendig's blog, which is about writing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The first Aftermath books, uh, book, singular, um, was something... Uh, I have it open. Oh, episodes 42 to 46. Yay. Hooray. Um, also another thing that I love about this book is just like this implication that like, it isn't these two sides because like, and I know, I know very little about legends, but like in legends, the whole thing is that the war lasts years after, uh, after the Battle of Endor, right? Like, I mean, the mm. Thrawn trilogy, where in which the Empire is still a major player, takes place, starts five years after the Battle of Endor. And here, we're, I mean, we talked last episode six months, eight months after the Battle of Endor right now. And you see that it's not just the Empire versus the New Republic. It's all these different factions. And the syndicates are gaining power again. And... All these systems are trying to be independent and you do get this understanding of how it's not so much that the New Republic beat the Empire. It is, but it's also that without the iron grip of the Emperor and all his power holding everything together and Vader holding everything together with fear, like there are no bonds that would keep systems together. Right. And I mean... And that rings true, right? Like, you, you think about, like, the fall of Rome and the way that Italy got divided up. Or, you know, um, Heir of the Warring States or anything like Anything in history, honestly, like, it, in, in terms of a power vacuum. Like, that's how things get split up. It's not just... It definitely isn't just one thing or the other thing. It's just... It's a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Greedy motherfuckers who are just like, ooh, look! Empires fall in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> Hamilton. We said empires fall. What do you want from me? Oh, uh, and oceans rise as well. I know. That's really That's what I heard. It's fucked up this week, man. It's hurricane week. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everybody stay safe if you're near it or something. Or we hope you, you stayed safe because this is coming out next week. Yeah. After. Yeah. Great. Aww. Good talk, everyone. Aww. Uh, should we talk about Leia? 
Yeah, I feel like we're like whipping through this, but that's okay. I mean, we haven't had a short episode in a while. So it's true. Really it's true. Blowing. Well, we're gonna. Well, we're really coming full circle uh, to you. It's you fucking up and thinking we were reading Bloodline at the beginning because we're gonna talk. Okay. I think that's why I, I think I saw this in the outline because I was just like I I pulled a keeks and I did not read the outline beforehand. Wow, really? Couldn't tell by uh, how you're just like whipping um, points <laughs> out of your butt that weren't on the fucking paper. But sure, sometimes uh, that's okay. It's not okay when Chris does it. Nobody wants to hear him talk. It's true. Oh, it's okay when I do it, though. Yeah, I know. Nobody Fair. listens to the podcast for me. No, that was, sorry, that was, that I was saying that out loud so I could get confirmation. Okay, great. Just making sure. Yeah. It is okay when you do it. Because <laughs> when you do, it's charming. <laughs> Nobody listens to the podcast for me. I'm the eye candy on an audio medium. <laughs> God, I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's being mad. I think she's giving Chris angry. She's cringing. She's glaring. Cringy glare is what I'm gonna go with right now. I don't like it. Is Hamlet awake? He's not. He's been very grumpy the last few days. He can tell that there's a hurricane in here. Yeah. Oh. He's just like hunkered down inside his little house because he's like the air is wrong. No. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Leia because we see a lot of character development and we're going to get a lot more leia in this book so i think we're definitely going to want to return to this Yay. conversation we get a lot of leia in the second half we get a lot of han and a lot of leia in the second half of this book um and you do see you see a lot more of a new hope leia and a lot less of bloodline leia in this book Right. So where we're at, you know, Leia's describing herself as the the passionate idealist. And of course, she's, you know, she storms into this meeting that she wasn't invited to, even though she should have been. And she's super fiery and she storms back out. And she's like, I wish I could slam the door, but this stupid automatic space door won't slam. <laughs> um, <laughs> it won't. <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you get her 30 odd years later and... Um, in Bloodline and she's you know she's a career politician she's real tired and um, she's hopping at the chance to go after Rin Riven Dai because she's like well at least I'm doing something real with my life again instead of just you know listening to all these children essentially fucking bickering in the Senate Um, so you know she's a lot more jaded Um, you know just really tired like mom is really tired in Bloodline Um, and even more so in the sequel trilogy movies um, but one of the distinctions she makes is that, um, you know, she's, she's thinking about how, uh, like, super cynical, pragmatic um, Mon Mothma and her side of things have gotten because, you know, they're thinking about what Leia's is, or votes over people. So they're thinking about, um, you know, systems that they can help out because they will be useful um, when they're able to join the Galactic Senate, as opposed to um, less useful systems like, you know, Kashyyyk, and that's why they wouldn't um, give Chewie any help. Uh, so what the hell happened, <laughs> do we think, here? To wear her down? Yeah! I mean, I mean, I think we see a little bit of it in, like, early in Bloodline, right? Where it's just the constant, like lack of anything like a lack of feeling like you won Mm. you know what i mean like it's 30 years of we know from here we have 30 years of some of it's building the galaxy and some of it's mon mothma holding it together through her cult's personality and then the rest of it's everybody hates each other again (laughs) and i feel like it's like like it's feel like it's pretty easy to become jaded and just like see like so I spent my entire life fighting for something that is very clearly not going to happen. Yeah. Yes to that. Also, I think I would just be, I would just have carry over being pissed for Han leaving while I'm pregnant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is <laughs> just fucking fair enough. <laughs> He's like, oh, my communication thing got booped again. Uh, blah, blah. And fucking Nora's like, well, you could have called, okay? You, she's really worried about you. She sent all of us. I love that. 
Noro's just momming him, and also he definitely deserved to get punched in the face by Mr. Bones, so. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god, the best. Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones has somehow gotten better in this book than the last book, and I didn't think that was possible. I think my favorite part with him so far is that he would, like, very delicately catches a butterfly and then rips off its own wings. <laughs> it's either that or I have subdued the target with violence. Yes. Or, no, the actual best part is Roger Roger Tevin's mom. That too. <laughs> oh my god. So cute. <laughs> but also so scary. Um, oh, Akeeks, and I know you wanted to talk about Leia and the Force and weird Force shit. Oh, I just love that we get Leia in the Force. Anytime we yeah, can dude. get that, I love it. Yeah, she tries to slam the door and then she's like, I'm going to go meditate because <laughs> Luke said I should. And uh, here's my plant. I grew the plant. I'm going to try to meditate about the plant and focus on the plant. I thought <laughs> The was, Force. Yeah, no. But it was it's just such a Leia thing to do, right? Like... All right, this is a good idea. I should do it. Here's my fucking plan. Oh my god, this is pointless. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. Before we started, I asked to put this on the outline for a future episode because we're gonna get a lot more of this. But hmm, who's another Skywalker? Who's another Skywalker we know who would have hated doing their homework? <laughs> people, people who think that Leia is. That Luke is the one who's Anakin's child instead of Leia are just idiots. so wrong. <laughs> They're just so wrong. They're so wrong. She's so Anakin here. She goes in and screams at people and he's like, and then she's like, thinks, all right, actually, you're my friend. You're probably my friend, but I hate you. I'm going to slam the door now, even though it doesn't slam because you're keeping me in the dark. Like, no, I'm going I'm to talk to my plant now. Yep. Exactly. I, di- I, di- I did enjoy that moment. It was really sweet when she was just like, oh my god, it's a boy. It was cute. Yeah, that was cute. She was like, can't do the force. Really been trying to have a conversation with this plant. Doesn't really seem to want to talk back. But I, uh, oh boy, that is a boy inside <laughs> of me. Yeah. Which was be- nice. It was nice. And I just like, I hate, I hate, but also it's like really powerful, obviously. That's just, you know, everything, everything about Ben as a kid is just overshadowed by what he becomes and it's just it's really bittersweet and I had a lot of feels. I mean, it's like we were talking about last book with Last Shot. Like, it's weird to see Ben as a kid. It's 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 weird knowing what he becomes. It's kind of like how Phantom Menace is weird to watch now. Like, mm-hmm. Lil Anakin. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, the point of, the whole point of the right. is it, weird. Is that it was supposed to be weird. Right. Totally. Yeah. I do love how it was, Leia was like, this is the light side and she's like and here comes the dark side i'm like oh this is like weird foreshadowing but also she has no idea but also other things yes i still just really love that she is not super like that she doesn't become a jedi basically i really i love that she can feel the force but is not a jedi and doesn't necessarily have the power to manipulate it of course last jedi supremacy bridge scene accepted like it just like it makes it so much more powerful to me that she has this deeper like this almost deeper connection because she can feel and understand these things and be a part of them without you know manipulating anything and then need to you know go back to work as a quote-unquote normal person and not have the force as her ally necessarily right and like we know and like one of the things you know, her her force specialty, if you will, is obviously, like, sensing things, like, coming in the future. And so, like, she's deeply tapped into it, obviously. And she can, you know, it's... Um, what her ability is is kind of like a close cousin to Ahsoka's, where, you know, her special talent was um, feeling other people's feelings and things like that. Um, but, no, it's it's definitely interesting that, like, her... She, she, I also think, I mean, it's important that she doesn't become a Jedi because she chose not to. Yes. That that's like a conscious choice she made. It's not like, oh, I don't have time or something like that. Like, she couldn't make time. She didn't want to. She she had Cho- bigger things to do. Choices matter in Star Wars. Choices do matter in Star Wars. Um, But, you yeah, know, I like that she gets that agency. 
So, yeah. I mean, she had... I mean... Like... Ain't ain't it just like a woman to be like, I could go be a Jedi or I could take care of problems that are in front of me. Yup. Shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired at the, the position that society puts women in. Yes, Who Chris. are we firing shots at? Uh, oh, shots fired at the Jedi. <laughs> oh, that too. Always. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a given. <laughs> yeah, shots always fired at the Jedi. But yeah, no, it's just, I I love it. And it's also, it just shows that you can be, like, the Jedi are not the end-all be-all. Oh, yeah. You can be light without being the Jedi. You can have an understanding and a respect for the Force without being Jedi. Right, and we have a whole spectrum of that now um, in Star Wars media, which is super cool. You know, we have Ahsoka, and we have, um, you know, uh, Kanan and Ezra's Jedi in exile, but um, we have Ventress, and we have Leia. Yeah. Yay. And hopefully we'll get more. Yes, please. After nine. Woo! <laughs> um, speaking of last shot... Um, I just want to talk briefly. Um, I I will continue to harp on this point about Han and Leia's relationship and how they didn't have a bad marriage because people are very stubbornly wrong about all of this. Um, Idiots on the internet who are wrong. All the time. Constantly. Um, so obviously, again, we see in Bloodline that um, Han and Leia like, have a great marriage and they've gotten to this really, really good place um, where you know they have a, a good balance of this is how much togetherness time we can have. And this is when I need you to fuck off. And it doesn't mean I love you any less or I don't want to be married to you. But that's just that's just how this works. Um, and we talked last time when we were reading Last Shot about um, they haven't gotten to that place yet. But they're definitely getting there. And they're figuring out. Like they at that point, they definitely know what they need. They just kind of don't know what the, what it's going to look like. Um, and then, you know, obviously Aftermath is even farther back in time from that. And... Um, Oh god, they have no idea what they're doing, do they? <laughs> no, and it's great. They, they sure they sure don't. I know. And I would also just like to say because we did absolutely throw Han under the bus earlier for not telling Leia where the fuck he is. Um I would like to say Han being a bad husband in these circumstances does not mean they had a bad marriage. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean how many how how many times have I have I done things that were not not good? <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, and like or like things that were not good, but also like you have like you know when you do things where you have an inkling like this is gonna like really piss the other person off. But I'm gonna do it anyway. I can't believe I'm gonna ask this. How old are they here? <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking help me. I'm sorry. Lay is about. Lay is about twenty four, twenty five. Yes, and Han. Okay. Would be... About 32, 33? No, no. A little older, a little older. No, 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 he's... Uh... 37, 38. Oh, that's right, because they made him older. Oh, yeah. Yeah the, new, yeah, the new canon aged him up. Even more than he already was. But sure, whatever. Um, He's just really bad at being a human. <laughs> Constantly, yes. But that's fine. <laughs> No, and it is fine, but oh my goodness. I can't believe Leia's only like 24, 25. I know. <laughs> no. It's great, though. I like, not the Leia being 24, 25. Their relationship, though, because like, I mean, A, it's very clear that, uh, that Dana Jose Older, like, looked at what we had from the movies and what we had from this book and really built on it. And, and also what we had from Bloodline and, like, kind of kind of filled in the gaps in a great way in right. that shot. Yeah, no, he, he definitely fills in the continuum in that really natural yeah. kind of way. But it's also, like, honest, honestly, one of the things that never made sense to me in, again, I didn't read a ton of Legends, but in people, like, explaining Legends to me when I was younger is this concept that Han and Leia, like, I, I know it doesn't happen overnight. But they have this relationship that, like, gets super strong super quickly. And, like, it's... You go from, in one year, essentially, you go from scruffy-looking nerf herder and kissing Luke (laughs) to this. Or to, not to this, but to, like, being in a committed relationship. And, like, 
that's some fucking whiplash. Like, you have nothing that you built this relationship on. You have, you love each other, which is awesome. All relationships are built on love. Love is not enough to build a marriage. Correct. Like, and this is something that we don't tell people who aren't married as a society. <laughs> I thought you meant you and Kate specifically. I was like, no, no, no. Like, as a society, like, rom-coms and... Thanks. Thanks. we actually don't... don't I think it's Chris and I don't don't tell people about marriage. We, Chris and I hate each other. Yes. This is, this is a secret. That's why... It's super secret. That's why Kate tells me to eat her ass every day. Um... <laughs> Um, but no, like, <sighs> hey, Chris, eat my ass. Yep. <laughs> and like, seriously, though, as a society, popular culture does not imply that like popular culture tells us that if you love each other, then that's all you need. And it all comes together in one big John Lennon communist like hug. It's great. <laughs> and like, all you need is love. Everyone's happy. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, but that's not. How it works. Like, relationships are built on trust and knowing each other and knowing your boundaries as well as the other person's boundaries. And Han and Leia have none of this. Nope. They have none of this. They have, they have no negotiation because they won't fucking talk to each other. Yeah. Han and Leia have... We're both very strong-willed people who enjoy doing things our way and now are expected to do things that are not 100% our way and neither of us really know how to handle it. And we're pooping out a baby. Yep. <laughs> Is that is that the baby pooping noise? No, that's the baby air horn. No, that's the oh god, he got conceived. Woohoo! <laughs> um, but so I just like I love it because we do through the new canon we get this spectrum of their entire relationship. Like I feel like I have a sense of their entire relationship from early on when they clearly loved each other and didn't necessarily know it or couldn't know how to communicate it to we told each other now what to we still don't know but we're trying to we figured it out and now it's great to now there's trauma like in the force Mm -hmm. awakens like we have such a full picture of their lives together right and that makes your story honestly a lot more satisfying to me because it's realistic it makes it there's no trauma in star wars there's no trauma in star wars it to me it makes it less sad it it makes the force awakens a little less sad Mm. and like obviously we know that it broke leia's heart that han had to leave but like we we know that from their reaction and you know their goodbye scene on dakar which i'm still never gonna be okay leave me alone um but we also know that they put in the work and they had a fantastic relationship for going on for over 30 years which is longer than most people say married to be honest yeah and they like i don't know it makes me happy to know that they had this time when they put in the work and they figured it out and they were they knew how to make each other happy right and that would have continued if ben hadn't been such a little shit yeah would you say that Leia uh, hated to see him go, but loved to watch him leave. Aww. <laughs> Kate's quitting the pod. I'm so emo. I'm, I'm unadopted. I'm so emo oh. right now. <laughs> Fuck. Why did I drink something stronger than beer for this podcast? I know. Fuck you, man. <laughs> leave me alone. Leave mom alone. <laughs> That was a butt joke, but. I mean, yeah. It's a rap thing. No, no, no. I, no, I, I, I got it. I know Chris got it. Mom, mom got sad. I'm sad. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be deep. Now mom's sad. Sorry, mom. I love you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, last thing. I want to talk about this a little. Well, no, we should wait. We should we should wait to talk about Han's character in this book. Okay, that's the pod because I want more of it mm. before we talk about yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Other than he's being annoying, and I'm glad Mr. Bones punched him in the face. <laughs> Other than a three-page Han monologue. Yeah, I did like the monologue though. I did. Hanalog. 
Hanukkah. <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, we're ending on a pun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Oh, God. Next week, we are continuing Aftermath Life Debt by Chuck Wendig. I hate my family. We're reading <laughs> chapters 21 through 30. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Book Wars Pod, all right, Book Wars Pod on all those platforms. Bookwarspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And rate, review, and subscribe to both us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. As you know by now, when you rate, review, and subscribe, particularly the rating and reviewing and leaving a review with words and sentences, you can win free stuff. At Real Baby Bird won a copy of Most Wanted by Ray Carson. At Matthew Borgard uh, won a... Uh, patch. Patch. I couldn't Some, remember what something. we gave him. Matthew Borgard <laughs> won a patch. You can win something too. Review us. You have no on idea iTunes. when we're giving you things, so just do be a good. Yep. Exactly. We do know when we get to 20, everybody will have a chance to win a paperback copy of Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. So get in there now. In the meantime, donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon and give us coffee at coffee.com slash bookhorsepod. It really does help us cover our hosting and production costs. It helps us work toward being able to uh, get some uh, swag for Star Wars, Star Wars Celebration Chicago. I didn't even drink. What's happening? No one wants Star Wars Celebration. Fuck that. No, nobody <laughs> wants. Chris Pratt probably wants Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> the worst Chris. I feel confident in saying I'm a better Chris than Chris Pratt. Oh my god. Well, yeah, because you're Never mind. <laughs> uh, and anytime you give us coffee, we're going to post a picture of Hamlet on Instagram. He real cute. Also, we discussed Thrawn in episodes 10 through 14, so if you haven't read the book yet and you win the now paperback copy, you can go back and listen to us. And we're reading Thrawn Alliances at the end of the year, so no better time to we reread. Sure, we sure are. We love Thrawn on this podcast. Yeah, we stand Thrawn. There's no question about that. Some of us more than others, Kristen, but... May I stand him the hardest. He blew. He, he, he blew AF. <laughs> and that's our show. Our theme song is Wind Bang by Poddington Bear. Fuck. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. God damn it. This very weird episode of the Book Wars pod has been wonderful. Thanks to a- Kate and Kristen. I'm Chris. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Loves her blue boys. That's why I got her diaper I elephant. <laughs> Yo, I. That's true. <laughs> Hashtag TOS TOR vibes. Ta- Tostor vibes. <laughs> <laughs>